You are listening to Paolo Di Marco Podcast, one of the world's leading luxury magazines. Welcome, everybody, to the Paolo Di Marco Podcast. Today on the show, we are talking to Yuri Rivich. How are you? Good. Thank you, Alan. How are you? Oh, I'm doing very well. So the first question I'd like to ask is, who is Yuri Rivich in 2021? Well, I think it's the same year as when he was five years old. He just started playing violin and was very excited about being a musician. I still am very excited being a musician and um, let's say definitely became stronger and more, um, let's say, like more experience with different aspects of life <laughs> within the past year, like as many people around the world did. And uh, yeah, definitely I'm optimistic and I'm, uh, yeah. And I'm a composer as well. Since uh, one year, I started to compose a lot. Who inspired you to become a violinist? I would say it's my family because I'm coming from the... um, We're actually four generations of violinists in my family from my father's side. And um, my first teacher was my grandfather and my teacher till now is my father, Alexander. Levich and um, yeah, I guess uh, they're always the greatest inspiration and the dedication my father has for music, for violin, for teaching his students, and um, it's it's incredible. What is the first piece that you performed? I can't remember. My first concert was when I was five years old. <laughs> I remember my first applause though; that was very special. Carnegie Hall in Manhattan is the best place to perform for musicians. To you, where is the best place for you to perform as a violinist? Well, I would definitely say now, uh, I mean, during or after pandemic, that any place to perform <laughs> would be fantastic because we don't have many concerts right now. You know, we still have like many lockdowns around the world. But uh, Generally, I'd say I don't have a favorite place or the best place. It's, it depends on the audience. It depends on your feeling, the connection with people who are listening to you. I think it can be anywhere. It can be in a little village, open air for 30 people, or it can be for 30,000 on a stadium or a Carnegie Hall or La Scala. It can be anything. I think music is universal. It can sound from any place. You have partnered with UNICEF Austria. Tell us more about that. And how did you get involved? Well, um, I was being involved with diverse uh, humanitarian causes from the age of 18. And um, and we organized, we started actually a very big major campaign for autism awareness in Austria, which became one of the biggest campaigns in Europe called All for Autism. And uh, then I was doing different, um, taking part in different charity concerts and programs like Lightball, the very famous bowl uh, to fight AIDS in um, Austria with many celebrity guests from around the world. And uh, at some point I was uh, thinking to partner with, uh, with, with, some, with one charity, at least for now, and to work with them closer. And uh, UNICEF came um, on board and I studied them, the matter, like what they're doing, how they're operating, and I was impressed. I think they're very transparent. I think they're very hardworking. And definitely it's a, it's, a great, it's a great job what they're doing. I'm really happy to support them. What is your favorite piece that you performed? And have you composed any of your own? 
I have many favorite pieces. I would say it's um, I love uh, Russian music like by Sergei Prokofiev from 20th century. I love jazz music. I love Gershwin, for example. I love tango, Astor Piazzolla from Argentina. And um, yeah, I compose quite a lot. Actually, most of the time I compose recently since around one year. And I'm very excited to have my first release and publishing by the end of this year. You are involved with sustainability. How does your music work with the alignment of sustainability? What do you think is the cause of the environmental issues we are having today? Well, yes, I am involved with this and not just as a musician, as a human being, because I believe we should preserve our planet. It's our home. And, um, but my job, I'm by my profession, I'm a musician. And of course, I just want to use the best out of my profession to raise awareness, to spread the word and make a change. And for my concerts, for my, um, for my projects, for my music, which I composed, which I call green music, for example, for different concert events, which are called Friday nights with Yuri Revich, which uh, run mainly in Austria, but also in England and Germany. And through these events, we create an immersive branded diversifying experience. And through this, we express all the issues we can witness with our planet nowadays. And through music, through visuals, through this experience, we make an impact on people's minds on their consciousness and unconsciousness before events, during the event and uh, following up, up after the events that they hopefully make a change. You created a company called iJewelry. Tell us more about that and how did that begin for you? Well, it, I, I can't call iJewelry a company yet. It's right now it's more a philosophy. It's um, my passion. I, I love designing, I love drawing, and I um, just was drawing different eye jewelry elements, which one could wear kind of as a statement, kind of as a sign of empowerment, sign of being who you are, sign of sharing your extravagant parts, or maybe sharing your, maybe even some introvert parts with the world. And I was just doing it for myself till I met Diane Venet, who is very famous for having her one only in the world collection called Jewelry by Artists and she fell in love with my project which I was very surprised and very honored and she immediately got one piece in her collection which actually is going to be exhibited in Monaco for one month this coming July. The designs are so creative and considered as out there. When it comes to the style and design, what is your inspiration in designing these pieces? Um, inspiration comes from everything and um, yeah, it, it, you can consider it as out there, but I think it's really, for me, it's really uh, emotional pieces. It's really about kind of extrovert versus introvert experience of the world because from one side, it's kind of an extravagant piece, but from another side, you wear it on your face, you kind of protect yourself, you protect your face and communicate with the outer world for this art piece, for this eye jewelry piece. So I think it's really, I mean, I try to also hear the pieces when I create them. So for me, every physical object also has a certain sound or melody, which I imagine in my head. And uh, so I just like it really, it's really diversifying immersive thing, which I try to create that people can really just express themselves even with things they don't know they actually have. So. That I think would, that's one of the points I'm, I'm aiming 
I'm a photographer and videographer. Yeah. So whenever I create a piece of content, the main style that I love to use is lighting um, so yeah. and, and various colors. Yeah. So it's really the emotions that I feel that I capture in that very moment. So when you're creating a piece, where do you think that, that comes from? Because with me, it either comes from you know, a childhood feeling or how, how I am feeling in that particular time of day. What is it for you? Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely, it's very interesting. I will maybe a little bit repeat what I just said before, because that actually is very important is that for me, the whole idea, I think unconsciously was because I was growing up as a very introvert kid. I couldn't speak to people I don't know. Like people thought I'm, I, I'm not able to talk well for many years. I only could play violin and create music. So I was very introversial and I loved to wear glasses because it was kind of a protection for me. Although I did not need glasses. And uh, then with the age of 18 and I moved out of my hometown and I started to build my career and adult life and everything, then kind of I became more an extrovert person, but still being introvert inside somehow. So this is a combination of both. So it is like a protection, which when I create a piece, I imagine like how I'd like to protect myself, maybe because I'm feeling very in myself right now. But at the same time, my extrovert part the artistic kind of extravaganza, like how would that actually express, be expressed from the outside? So this is a very particular moment and it is definitely inspired by this and as well by shapes, by, you know, by lines, by things I see, by things like the, you know, it can be nature, it can be lines of a of certain sculpture if I see in the museum. Anything can inspire me basically. It's the same as not just for eye jewelry, it's for my music I compose. What's been one of the biggest struggles for this year? The... Well, I mean, definitely not being able to perform because this is something I'm doing since I'm five years old. And even if I have, even if I have a stage fright, you know, or I had sometimes anxiety, which is normal, but even I, I'm kind of, was, I'm missing that as well because it's part of what I'm doing and uh, part of the drive. Yeah, I, definitely. That's what I'm missing the most. Your eye jewelry will be exhibited in Monaco as part of the Diane Vanette Jewelry. Who approached you to exhibit such collection? And how is it received from your buyers? Yes, I'm very excited that it's going to be exhibited in Grimaldi Forum in Monaco in July. I think it will be there for a few weeks as part of Diane Vanette Artists Jewelry Collection. So jewelry by artists. And she, yeah, she, she approached me. She loved what I'm doing and we met really by coincidence in Paris where I, I like I was at lunch in a very lovely place in Paris and um, with a friend and then she introduced me to um, Diane and then we started to talk and then asked her what she's doing and then she said yeah I'm collecting jewelry created by artists and I was like oh wow you know actually that was like a hobby of mine which I never showed to anybody and I showed her the drafts which I had on my phone and she said, okay, oh my God, this is very, very interesting. And that's how it rolled. It, it, it was two years ago already. And now finally, it's the first time. I mean, I promised her that it will be the first time it's going to be exhibited at her exhibition. So it's going to take place in July this year. Very exciting. With such talent of music and design, how do you relax? I think relaxation for me is about um, nature, definitely. It's about just going for a walk and uh, just enjoy the nature with or without music in my ears. Then it's seeing friends and talking with other people, discover their passions and um, 
communicate with other human beings. I think uh, that can be very inspirational with, of course, with people who are uplifting and um, inspiring. And um, I would say definitely it's uh, breathing exercises as well. I think this is so important for everyone. Like even if you don't have time for meditations, just to the breathing exercise, they can, two minutes of breathing exercise can save you like two hours break if you're tired. I think it's an amazing thing. Is that the Winhof meditation? I don't even know how it's called. I mean, I did many different meditations and um, there's so many different types, but in the end it just came up like with my own thing, which I'm doing myself, which works for me. It's kind of a mixture of a few things, like also regarding muscles and mainly breathing actually. And uh, yeah, oh, you know, I think it's very yeah. individual. Mm, tell me more about this. This is, I like this. <laughs> I love meditation. Well, you know, there are different kinds. So there are, of course, those where you just try to like, I mean, it depends also how you work with your imagination. For me, it's my imagination, my imagination is very, very strong. So I'm very sensitive to it. So what works for me is imagining, for example, my tiredness or my problems or anything or negative emotions. I imagine them as some sort of shape in my head and I kind of put it in the box and I throw the box somewhere out, like in deep, deep in the galactic. In the same time, while I'm breathing and while next step would be maybe like um, a muscle relaxation, which you do with your arms, feet or the whole body where you tense it and then you relax it. So like this is kind of a mixture of the fun for myself. I do it and sometimes it's like a few minutes is even enough. If I'm touring, of course, between the tours, I would say between the concerts, it would I would used to do like half an hour of this. Definitely. But now I'm mostly at home and uh, I'm not stressed so, so much. I just do a kind of light version with mainly breathing. Mm. Have you ever tried meditating in the sauna? The sauna? It's very interesting. Yes, I did, but again, it's steam room because I, I don't like dry sauna. <laughs> I'm really more for the steam room. I think it's better for mm. my skin. And uh, I tried, I mean, I'm not... I'm not that experienced in that, but that definitely was very relaxing when I did it a couple of times. The reason why I love meditating on the beach too is because that makes me feel so small. And it makes me understand that there's no point to have an ego or to think that you're, you know, one of the best people out there because frankly, it doesn't really matter. This is just the journey of life. Exactly. Absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's just this kind of things once you connect with nature, Really, like, I mean, that, I mean, that for me, I mean, it seems like for you as well, like the ocean, the sea, the water is something like the main, like one of the biggest things to, <laughs> but uh, also even going in the park and reconnecting with trees or with grass, like with grass, I don't mean smoking grass, I mean the grass which grows, but like with the green nature, right? So with mountains, for some people it's mountains and I think just being reconnected with nature, it's so essential just to understand, to be more optimistic, to be more relaxed to be more you know balanced definitely like this is this is what i went through when i first started learning how to meditate was that i thought it was just supposed to be nothing in your mind like nothing at all <laughs> but it's just about getting thoughts and then letting them just go past you know it's like critically thinking about some thoughts but then you know some of the really negative ones that you know either are just angry about yourself just letting them go and then refresh your mind exactly absolutely i mean what helps me also if i have the moment when i have many different negative thoughts i just imagine i concentrate my imagination on something what is very um how to say very stable very balanced i mean it can be for any for everyone it's a different picture of universe 
picture of something else or any it can be anything any shape any form it's it's quite abstract it's it's a lot of abstract it's definitely something very global like i'm really into space the cost like this cosmos things and everything i'm actually composing piece for this for the space week international space week in israel i'm very passionate about it and very interested and i think this is just kind of a global feeling of universe of infinity of you know just of like being part of infinity in a way that's very interesting and i think this kind of gives me inspiration to think of different shapes of different colors in my mind of different kind of slow moving objects which maybe like they're not really um, you know you can't really know what it even is so i'm i'm very i'm very visual person so who is your mentor and are you mentoring anyone else mm, well that definitely is my my father and um, i mean i never really had like a mentor you know supporting you with your career or something like a, i don't know what kind of be an example or someone like you know like a manager for since i had the i was 12 no i mean i changed few agencies i have a very nice manager now but i i was always my own mentor i think and uh, i was always trying to be best version of myself and not to be influenced by anyone else and uh, if i'm mentoring someone else well <laughs> I, I we support young artists with my project Friday nights where we give them stage and opportunity to perform and um yeah I mean at some point I'm definitely going to if I'll have a possibility I'll definitely would love to mentor as many people as possible and give them opportunities Tell us how our listeners can follow you do you have a TikTok or Instagram or a website I don't use TikTok. I tried it but then I realized I can't do it. <laughs> and I'm trying also mainly <laughs> use social media myself. I had a team running my social media for a while but then I understood that I don't feel authentic and I don't feel true to my followers because I think I can take few like 5 to 10 minutes every day or even that every day, 5 minutes every few days to post something myself. And definitely it's Instagram and Facebook. website of course as well but instagram like be sure to may follow my official account because there few accounts and also on facebook there's yuri levich account as well which i post different updates fantastic thank you so much yuri for being on the show thank you very much for having me it was a lovely interview